Oh, amazing. So they were all lining up to hang out with wet Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Roast Mortem Podcast, the only podcast where you can hear Travis Lee's liver die. (laughs) I am Tom. I'm Travis's liver. Oh, my goodness. It talks nowadays. I am Cody. Oh, yeah. So I did some calculating about my liver. (laughs) Tell us. Uh, So on the show, I know some people, there's one guy who's like, Travis needs to fucking, he's such a lightweight. Look at him, he's always drunk. Yeah, that guy has it out for you. Yeah, no. I yeah. have. I usually drink around 15 to 20 premium Miller Lights or Rolling Rocks. A fine Pilsner. Yes. An episode. So I did some math, because you know math is cool. And that roughly comes out to about like 120 to 150 gallons of beer that I've drank so far. For the 80 episodes? For the 80th episode. Oh. So I drank more. Wow. Yeah. So you know what? You can thank my liver. If there should be a twenty-one gun salute going off right now, uh, there won't be any of that. There won't Please? be just maybe I don't know. Was it dialysis? No, that's kidneys. <laughs> that's from your Red Bull habit. Oh yeah, well that's gonna go. So how was everyone's week? Uh, nothing much. Same old beautiful Hawaii. I'm indoors, not smoking. Mm. Uh, house geckos are. Uh, I think they're biting my toes in my sleep, but uh, it's all good. I'll get superpowers eventually. Do you see any weird spiders that are big? No, we got the centipedes, though. Oh. You, you know the old, like, cowboy saying of uh, you got to shake out your boots to make sure there's no rattlesnake in it? Uh-huh. It, it, it's, it's a reason why everyone in Hawaii wears uh, flip-flops, so you don't have to shake anything out. And oh, you can just see the, the centipede. Oh, so, like, when you put your, your foot into your flip-flop, instead of those little, like, ropes that go around your toe, it's a centipede. Those ropes are called a thong, Travis. I and uh, no. I just didn't want to say that's, that because that's what my mom calls flip flops, thongs. That, that's what the disgusting. Cisco song is about. He's a foot guy. <laughs> I know what. Yeah, I know what your dad calls flip flops, Travis. Yeah, it's incredibly racist. Oh, and J- rhymes. Jap flaps. Oh, well, it's not racist because you're only talking on his behalf. Yes, I'm not saying it. Yeah, Tom, how's your week? Uh, good. I uh, been sanding the dick. Mm, sanding oh. your dick. Yeah, nice. yeah. Doing some uh, refurbish mm. of the old wooden dick. Do you have a nice polished dick? At the moment, it's rough. <laughs> oh, rough dick. Yeah, I gotta bring oh, it. To, no. I gotta bring it down to about a one hundred before I we paint it. But uh, Gabby's dad has been helping out because uh, the man is very handy with a sander. Mm. He knows how to clean the dick. Clean my dick. Yeah. So what about you? You fucking uh dying person uh besides dying uh well i also have to say last episode i was incredibly drunk yeah i don't really Really? remember the end of the episode (laughs) but wasn't that one you presented no tom did it um so i also went to a a huge ass antique fair and i saw a lot of titties 
You told us that last oh. week. Did I? Uh, see, I don't uh, even remember. I was drunk. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Cody wasn't in last week. You were too drunk. So I was the only person at the podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because Mike was probably high on weed. <laughs> Doing kickflips. Oh, Mike. And I'm reading shit, and here we are today. Travis thinks he he's uh, telling new stories about the <laughs> Brimfield Antique Show. Well, you know what? I don't remember the entire episode, but this time I'm presenting. So I'll get drunk. There <laughs> yeah. you go. And I still won't remember the end of the episode. Probably not. <laughs> so who are we doing? And I'll listen. Tonight, we are roasting the worst president ever. Now, everyone has their oh. opinion on who the worst president is. You know, you could say whatever you want. Okay. What's the worst president? To me? Yeah. Mm, George Washington. Started a bad trend. Wood teeth. Don't need a president. Yeah. We don't need presidents. That's how I stand. Oh, they've all been bad. They've all so been bad. So George Washington's the worst because he's the first. <laughs> well, this president is the actual worst president because there's never been a president... So bad and so incompetent that he led to the formation of the Confederacy and ripped the country in two. Yes, this man oh. was responsible for the Civil War, which lasted four years and countless American lives. We are roasting James Buchanan. Cool. Nice. I don't know anything about him except what you just said, which I forgot already. All right. Because well, I'm like you. I like to drink while I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I think he's 15 off the top of my head. Cody. Age-wise and president. Cody, wow, you are very good. He is the 15th president. Yeah, hmm. that's what I thought. The first 15-year-old president. Yeah, before Lane Cown. Okay, so James, let's jump right into it. Let's yeah. jump right into Come this. Come on, I don't Segway. Yeah. <laughs> James Buchanan was born in a little-ass log cabin in Cove Gap, Pennsylvania in 1791. And I think I got the year right this time. Thank you. <laughs> That's fine. You know, this was before being built in a log cabin was trendy. You know, Lincoln was born after him. And he turned the whole log cabin experience into the glamping experience we know today. Right. Would you go glamping? glamping. Mm. I hate that. Yeah. I don't know. Just just go sleep outside. Just <laughs> yeah. go, go get drunk and pass out in a bush. I've done that. Been there. I know. Got the ticks. And you're a real man. Yeah, uh, so Buchanan's cabin actually still stands today. Uh, just gooey wow. little man. You can just imagine this gooey little man swimming around like a little human maggot on the dirt wood floor. Oh, look at me. I'm a Buchanan. I'm dead. Okay. Or alive now. So mom and dad just kind of, what, he fell out? Crapped him out was on the floor. Was it like one of those, uh, was it the meaning of life where the woman just <laughs> shits out a kid? Oh, it's another one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. So his daddy moves to Mercerburg, also in Pennsylvania. Uh, and quickly his dad becomes the richest dude in town. From log cabin. How quickly? Richest dude in town. What'd he do? Sell drugs? He, yeah. he uses jack-o'-old trades. What? The jack-o'-old trades? Jack-o'-old trades. Okay, so you know what that means, right? Yeah. You make sick beats. <laughs> you also spray paint your car because you want to do that at some point. Yeah. Auto body backup. Kill Killer Etsy account. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Need that to be a jack of all trades. You're also a tattoo artist on the on the weekends. Wink, wink. Tom, didn't you do that on the weekends? Well, <laughs> maybe I'm speaking from experience. Oh, maybe you colored in Deadpool backwards. I'm definitely a jack. 
<laughs> All right, so right now he's a baby idiot, James Buchanan, but let's just talk about he grows up. Let's talk about how what the dude looked like. All right, so we're we're skipping his whole young adult life, young life into we, adult life. We don't really even know. He well, it's a young adult life. Okay. Okay. So, so he's a, uh-huh. he's a young boy, he's out there, he's w- w- like describe his physique. That's like, what I, that's what I want I want to paint the picture for you of what this guy looked like. Mhm. Okay, so right. he was about six foot tall, which made him only slightly above average for Americans at the time. He was mm-hmm. a bit rotund, got a big old belly, barrel chested. He's got a uh, he's got some blonde hair, blue eyes, and a deep ass voice. If you would look at his body, he actually had a disease that prevented him from growing any type of body or facial hair. Oh, so a smooth baby boy, <sighs> alopecia. Uh, I guess. So I mean, he had head. Uh, he had hair on his head, just not anywhere on his body. All right. I can't grow torso hair either. It's like so, a weird thing. I might have that disease. Maybe. Uh, yeah, shaver's disease. <laughs> or, or it just might be that I'm half Filipino, but whatever. Moving on. Yeah, he didn't have that excuse. Uh, he, was just, <laughs> he was a smooth baby boy. And remember, this is the 19th century in America, and everyone had a big-ass beard or some sick mutton chops. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, oh, yeah. I can't do. And he looked like Rob Grizzly Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The, the Toronto mayor. Oh yeah. Oh, that's basically what but he you just was described. bald though, right? No, Rob he had Ford? he had like um, Guy Fieri esque hair. Yeah. So basically, but James natural, Buchanan. natural guy, natural man Fieri. Guy Fieri's hair is natural. That's how his hair grows in. Okay. Well, I was just reiterating. All right. He wasn't trying. He wasn't pulling a Mark McGrath. So also another thing about him with his baby blue eyes, one of them was far sighted and the other one was near sighted. <laughs> So he's a bit oh, wall. No. He was a bit wall-eyed, and when he talked to people, he would cock his head to the side to hear him better, hear them better, right? Oh. see them better, hear and see, hear them? and see them. Uh, I'm already so uncomfortable. He sounds like he's already seventy. <laughs> I feel like he's producing some kind of natural Vaseline at all points. It's not sweat. He's just kind of got a thick gel yeah. coming off of him. He's. He's out in the sun sometimes, right? So he's like mm-hmm. one of those beet red guys with the, the blonde hair. Like, wife, wife beater. Ugh. Ugh. Wow. Yes, sweats chicken stock. One of the first tribal tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the first tribal tattoos. Oh, I like those. When James was 16 year old, years old, his dad had enough money to send him to Dickinson College. It was in Pennsylvania, I think. James was easily the smartest kid in his school, and uh, he was an arrogant prick about it. Uh, he kind of pissed off all the teachers. And like, you know, he's like, "Oh, that's wrong, you stupid idiot." I did that once. I failed. Were you right? <laughs> I oh. was right. You were that kid. What class was it? I had an editing class when I was already editing professionally, and I I told oh, them yeah, how yeah, to yeah. do something right, and they were like, "Oh, that's not right." I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Now I'm just imagining James Buchanan looking like you. God damn it. That's what I was trying not to do. (laughs) Well, you just described like a non-hairy version of yourself. Uh, So alopecia Trav. Alopecia. Has Travis gone wall-eyed since I've last seen him? Uh, I can imagine. I mean, just like Cody, imagine poking out one of his glasses, like one of the frames of his glasses. (laughs) So he's he's only got one good one. He's squinting as he sweats into the other one. Uh, wow, Trav, you look good. Yeah, really? It's a good style. I picked up a nasty habit of blinking at two different times. <laughs> uh, so his classmates knew him as the typical college bro. He was always down for a kegger, uh, and he said, 
To be sober, poddling, industrious youth was to incur ridicule of the mass of students. So he partied hard because he didn't want to get made fun. Yeah, I think people still make fun of you. You just don't notice it. Yeah, probably. You get hyped up on it. I guess he just didn't feel the regret the next day because I've experienced that. Like, you know, when you're in a place where maybe you're not fitting in, so you drink a little bit too much, and then all of a sudden everything's gravy. Yeah, and the yeah, next yeah, day yeah. you start thinking about how fucking dumb you are. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I knocked over a trash can at my 10 year reunion. It was amazing. I think Ray was there. Ray's in the room and he is naturally very quiet. He actually does have a mic, but you're never going to be able to hear him. <laughs> So, one notable thing uh, about this party boy, Buchanan, was he was once known to down 16 toasts in a night. Toast. Toast? Toasting. So, he toasted 16 Hmm. times in a night. And drank it. The whole beer. I I don't know, I guess. (laughs) The whole damn Michelob Someone thought that was impressive. (laughs) I don't know. That's like normal for you. You just keep describing yourself. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, what's going on here? (laughs) I was a president once. You were the worst president once. Well, that's a matter of opinion. (laughs) As a friend, I wouldn't vote for you because I'm honest. All right. So trying to look cool, Buchanan picked up smoking cigars. You know, I got to have a stogie in your mouth, bro. That is cool, man. (laughs) Uh, He had this habit his whole life because guess what? Smoking is addictive. Misconception. I I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He would always walk around with an unlit cigar in his mouth that he would chew and suck on. Just unlit, just oh, uh. oh, unlit. That's annoying as shit. Yeah, ew. So when you're a cocky drunk bro and the faculty doesn't like you, there's bound to be some some budding heads. Buchanan was n- nearly expelled during his senior year, but begged to stay on and graduate, and he did graduate with honors in 1809. What did he do to almost get expelled? Do you know? doesn't say i'm assuming he probably pulled his dick out or something yeah probably tried to fuck a tomato or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm. i think that was common practice back then so if you had to pin a profession on a cocky rich kid what would you make him professional dad's son <laughs> yeah right yeah i mean you gotta work uh, in the leather family tanner business. leather tanner <laughs> that's what i say yeah does he just tan his scrot all day turn into yeah he just tans his scrot and huffs paint all day <laughs> No I guess, benefits. I can see a no rich benefits for doing that. that now because Etsy stores might like, as you said, you got to have that, you know, yeah. the the jack of all trades. But you get rid of all the other ones. You curl your mustache. Your dad pays for your apartment in Williamsburg, and you tan leather on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's so good to have multiple incomes, bro. Like, you know, I invested so much in Bitcoin like two weeks ago, even though it's in the shitter right now. But like, my dad said, like tanning is cool because like I don't really need to make that much money, but like. Multiple incomes, bro. <laughs> no, he became... James became a lawyer. Oh, lawyer wow. boy. Yeah, it was easier back then. It was a lot easier to become a lawyer back then, I'm finding out. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You read a few books, we go, I got this. James James became a lawyer. He was admitted to the Pennsylvania Bar in 1812, same year that we were at war with Great Britain when they mushed our butt. He snuck in when we were oh. distracted with the war. Yeah. <laughs> So he bounced around the state for Pennsylvania for 
about a year and ultimately settled in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster. Lancaster. Now, I always forget, how far is that away from Hershey Park? It's pretty close. Well, it's I, an uh, Amish country. I, I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I usually stop there after I come back from Hershey Town. Dude, they got the best fried chicken. Something about Amish people. They have straight up Kennedy fried chicken. It's fantastic. It's cooked with Jesus. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, they they uh they they uh, use donkey oil to fry it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got a lot of donkeys out there. Well, they use specifically the oil that's secreted from the dark donkey's armpits. Oh yes, yeah, as it plows the fields. Yes. So he's only eighteen year old years old right now. He's past the bar. <laughs> Great. Like I said, probably a little easier. Yeah, probably a little easier. You know, usually you pass the bar now, you're like. 31 or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder from what I understand. Yeah. This guy can read. He's a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So apparently if you're fr- if you're from there's a little insider here. If you're from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, you pronounce it Lancaster. Lancaster. No. Lancaster. But I, I'm going to call it Lancaster cuz that's fucking stupid and they don't know how to pronounce the yeah. name of their own city. You're pronouncing it correct. Yeah, you're pronouncing it correctly, Travis. So if you're Lancaster, Lancaster, come at me, bro. Is that what the kids say? You really want to fight, don't you? Dude, I'm all pumped right now. I'm jazzed. Yeah, dude. You're Buchanan and out. So Lancaster, at the time that James moved there, it was actually the capital of Pennsylvania. And he picked that strategically because capitals meant more influence. You could brush shoulders with the elites. There was more money there. But just Mm -hmm. as James was ready to open the doors on his own practice... The Pennsylvania Commonwealth legislation moved the capital to Harrisburg. So he, oh. James was there just churning butter with the chicken-making Amish people. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Hold on. I just thought this. Like, the whole traveling thing and the rich dad and the blonde hair just gave me the Tommy boy. Uh, you know, Chris Farley <laughs> hey. from Tommy boy. I think yeah. that would be a good way to describe our Buchanan here. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So James took this capital move as a personal attack. <laughs> He's like, they did this on purpose. The uh, fuck? You know, there's this wow. Chris Farley looking fella. He's uh walking towards the city right now. You guys want to move the capital, perhaps to somewhere else? Uh, so James packs his bags and goes back to Merce- Mercerburg, where his father was, and he whined about how it was unfair, and then they fucked him. And like, why didn't he just move to the new capital? Well, was, yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. His dad's like, "Just shut the fuck up, kid." Uh, I just was able to save up enough money to buy three thousand six hundred acres in Kentucky, right next to the capital of Elizabethtown. Oh, fourteen dollars. So if you want to go, yeah. go there and make your name for yourself, go there. So James is like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going." And like Kentucky at the time was kind of like a frontier town. It's a perfect place to make your name for yourself. So he packs his shit up. He goes to Kentucky. Thing that he didn't realize that he already he was a little bit too late because Kentucky had already grown a whole bunch in Elizabethtown especially. There's already mm-hmm. courthouses, and it was a budding frontier metropolis. On top of that, other loyal lawyers and men of influence had already moved in and beat him. I'm sorry, this is just confirming everything I said about the Williamsburg thing. Uh, well, that that, the, yeah, that the spoiled kid, kid yeah. who's like Williamsburg is up and coming, Dad. <laughs> Will you please move wow. me in? Exactly. So in his words, he he said. There was Henry Clay, John Pope, John Allen, John Rowan, Felix Grundy. Why, sir, they were giants, and I was only a pygmy. 
Next uh-huh. day, I packed up my trunk, and I came back to Lancaster. <laughs> oh, so he went for one day? That was big enough for me. Kentucky was big enough for them. Or something. I didn't... I didn't put this or last something. Time. I really hope that's <laughs> Kentucky <laughs> was... Kentucky was... I spelled too wrong. I got confused. Kentucky was too big. Oh, you spelled T-O? Yeah, I was like, oh. why is there two Kentuckys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So he was there for a day, and then he was like, I'm going to go back to Lancaster. I'm going home. Oh. So James High tells it back to Lancaster. He sets up a practice and starts working his influence game. He joins the Masons. Oh, oh nice. You know, just those guys that are in aprons and give BJs to each other and set up monopolies. That's why the aprons are there, because you can... <laughs> Like hide the person's oh. head, just shameless. It's easy job. access too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy yeah. access. You're always erect. They really don't know what the initiation process is all about. It's it's kind of like uh, what was that? Rainbow parties. They all put on different colored lipsticks, and you oh. have to. Uh huh. So he uh, James Buchanan also joins the Washington Association. Worst president ever. <laughs> uh, the Washington oh. the Washington Association is kind of like. The young Republicans or young Democrats, the groups that they have nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool people. Yeah, super cool. Mm-hmm. Both sides, very nice people. Very cool, very level-headed. Headed it? Yeah, I feel like I feel like the groups nowadays are pretty much just like cannon fodder for politicians to nail like an 18-year-old behind their wives' backs. Kind of, and it's... Of course. Door-to-door marketing, man. Yeah. Better than Cutco. James was a Federalist, uh, which was a very early... American political party uh, that actually dissolved during James's lifetime and like during his time in politics. What's he going to believe now, though? We're going to see. All right. Uh, I just, you know, um, basically a federalist believes in strong central government. It's pro-business, pro-major cities and international trade. Some of the big names include James Madison, the Adams, and douchebag extraordinaire Alexander Hamilton. Ah, yes. Hey. There's a hip-hop-based Broadway play that I heard is happening. Oh, that's one him. of my favorites. Yes, Hamington. The Quest for Ham. Hamington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Buchanan serves as a private for uh, a little bit during the War of 1812. He came to the, to, the, to the defense of Maryland when they were being attacked, but saw a little action, which is also kind of interesting because he's the only president that... Only made it to like if they served in the military, uh-huh. he's the only president was like only a private. Oh, like they either had like a super high military career or they like didn't serve in the military. He was just a private. So after that, he worked away on his law at his law firm and he decided to enter politics for real. Cool. Uh, he was elected to the Pennsylvania State Assembly in 1814. This made James uh, Lancaster's most eligible bachelor at the age of 23. The ladies saw that big dick potential with him. Oh, amazing. So yeah. they were all lining up to hang out with wet Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. So his friend Robert Coleman, uh, who is a fellow brother at James's Masonic Lodge and the richest man in America, introduced James to his daughter, Anne Caroline Coleman. And Anne Caroline was a foxy 21-year-old that was said to be a bombshell and she was unmarried at 21, which is kind of strange. Very rare back then. <gasps> yeah. Oh. So James uh, goes out on a date. He's like, hello. You look nice. 
And then he asked Anne to marry her him in 1819. Wow, how'd that go? She said yes. Oh, wow. Aww. Now, that summer in America, 1819, there was a financial crisis. Uh, and Buchanan, who was a property attorney at the time, became swamped with work. He was constantly going between Philadelphia and Lancaster as people tried to sell and buy foreclosed land. So, like, shit was going under. People were like, I gotta sell my property. You're like, I gotta buy my property. Okay. So, Anne felt that she was being ignored because James r- really never showed any kind of attention to her to begin with. He was like, hey, you want to marry me? Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, stay here. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. So, rumors started to circulate that James was only in it uh, to get a piece of that Coleman wealth, that dowry that we're talking about. Yeah, that camping gear. So in much of a kind of like TMZ fashion going on, James was spotted making uh, home visits to the Jenkins family, who's one of his uh, wealthy landowning clients. And there he was introduced to Miss Jenkins' busty sister, Grace Hubley. Uh, that, if, if a last name ever came with big tits, that would be it. Yeah. Hubbly. Exactly. Yeah, she Hubbly. sounds bustly as hell. Hubbly, yeah. Hubbly, Hubbly. Look at them totters. Yeah. So more rumors spread about Buchanan, and eventually it got word, the word about Grace got back to Anne, and she was already feeling neglected, uh, so she fired a letter off to James saying, calling off the marriage. James actually received the letter in the courthouse. Like, someone was like, oh, excuse me, James, there's a letter for you. (laughs) Yeah, and he apparently went pale when he read it. He's like, oh, no, this ain't good. I need this, Coleman. (laughs) I need it. All right, so two days after sending the letter, Anne is hysterical. She's screaming. She's throwing shit. She's like, somebody told her, she's like, you got to go see your sister in Philly. Get your mind off this, James. He's a dickhead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's like, you go there, get, see an opera, get your nails did, like, you know, that yeah, shit. Go see the oh. Eagles, you know, <laughs> yeah. get a cheesesteak, yeah. yell at people. So on the way there, she caught a cold. And after raving and ranting with her sister for a few days at in Philly, she mysteriously died. Now, oh, wow. we don't know if it was a cold. Some people think it might have been a suicide. The dumbass doctors in the 19th century just said she died of uh, hysteria, which oh, is <laughs> of course, yeah. bitch freaking out. She oh, died of wow. hysteria. Yeah. yeah, she was using a noose as a tissue. <laughs> Oops. So James was shocked when he heard this. Uh, he sent a letter to the Coleman's, and they returned his letter unopened. He asked if he could see the body before it was laid to rest. Again, the Coleman's refused, saying that it was his fault that she died. Damn straight. Ooh. You did this. Look what you did yeah. to this person's decisions. You had to go hang out with Busty Hubby. Yeah. Hubbly. <laughs> Hubby's fine, too. Hubbity, bubbly. Well, look, I'd like to see the body, but also I'd like to see them titties again. Yeah! Oh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm irritated with, like, a half a second of lag, but, like, can you imagine, like, all this news unfolding by snail mail back in the day? Oh, yeah. You can't call anyone back instantly. Like, there's no Star 69. There's no instant messenger red receipt. Like, it's got to be a pain in the fucking ass to be like, what do you mean you're breaking up with me via letter? There wasn't even Joseph Gordon-Levitt to deliver it by bicycle. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. No premium rush is happening. How can you slide into his bike DMs? (laughs) Hey, I have a DM for you. I've just got to slide in here. I sweat away. (laughs) 
Okay, so I I make a lot of jokes about Busty Hubby, but after James, <laughs> but after Anne's death, James Buchanan moved into full political mode. He was elected into Congress uh, as a Pennsylvania representative in 1821. Great, a position that he would hold for ten years. Obviously, he lived in Washington during that time. Now, James was again a very eligible ba- bachelor. He was rich, powerful. Every lady wanted to get his Buchanan nana. Buchanan. Uh, you I should, tried to make a joke there. You should right? stop good. writing yeah. jokes into the script. You're very bad at it. I thought it was good. Buchanan. No, I, I give that an F. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Moving on. But uh, James actually never courted another woman, which is kind of surprising. What, but, they court him? Well, you might say that he was heartbroken over Anne's death. But uh, part pro- of the reason why Anne called it off is because she, he just wasn't interested in her, you know? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that, and also he sounds like the kind of guy who just gets off on the power thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm putting all my time into that shit. I uh, saw some big tits on the side. Not interested in anything. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is James was actually all about the dudes. Nice. What? That's right. We had a gay president. So Long uh, before, oh my what goodness. is it, Butta, Butta, Butta Jang? Butta Jang? What? Just a few years before Abe Lincoln. Yeah, who was also Who was our gay. second gay president. <laughs> well, he was wow. bi. I think everyone was gay back then. Let's be honest. Yeah. They all wanted to be Freemasons. What do you got to do to be into this? Uh, suck a few dicks? <laughs> Dude, why am I not there already? <laughs> Sign me up! <laughs> so, James moved into Alabama Senator William Rufus King. Now, to, like, into his apartment. Now, uh, two dudes living alone mm. as bachelors. Two senators? Well, we got a senator and a congressman. Oh, dude. So, I mean, that's... Well, all right. You give him a pass. It's just two dudes, roommates, you know, Pork whatever. barreling. But uh, they were said to be very close. The two of them would always go to parties together and social functions. Okay. Like, oh, lovely. Locked arms. Oh, they'd lock arms. They would lock arms. You know, like those... Um, you ever see those dudes in India who lock pinky fingers? Yeah. I was just thinking about that, right? dude. Yeah, Cody, that painted the picture, right? I mean, I think yeah, Travis yeah, yeah. did that to us by accident, or maybe on purpose. But I feel I feel a pinky is much more delicate and dainty. Like, uh, like an arm's lock is like they're both power bottoms, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, a lot of mm. thrusting. Mm. I want to lock thumbs. You want to lock thumbs with someone? Yeah. I don't know anyone else with thumbs. Yeah. So while Buchanan might have passed as fairly masculine type, because he had that low voice. Low voice and a barrel body and the hell of a a lovely southern mop. Well, he's northern. Well, he's a southern mop. Where do you keep your hand? Yeah. So, but King was very effeminate. Uh, Often senators called him Aunt Nancy. <laughs> uh, oh, little king boy, yeah. Aunt Nancy. Aunt Nancy. Wow. <laughs> king referred to Buchanan as his better half. Uh, so while, wow. well, so I'm just gonna put it out there: Buchanan was probably making anus love to King, which is totally cool nowadays. But back in the 19th century, not so cool. Wait, why wasn't it cool back then? I mean, because Christians. Are you just talking about context? I'm talking about because Christians would be like, no, that's not cool, bro. Well, Christians today would be like, not so much either. Today, also, bro. Yeah, but back then there was more of, more of Christians to be like, I don't like this. It's more. It was more <laughs> dicey back in the day to, yeah. get, to get away with it. Uh huh. Do you know back then they actually didn't have a term for being gay? 
Yeah, it was just having a good time. Yeah, it was just chilling with your bros. <laughs> what are you doing? Having a good time. Oh, butt sex. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, Got it. the term gay actually wasn't like used until like the f- 40s or 50s. Yeah, but they also didn't have a yeah. term for homosexual back uh, then either. They so were just... It was like devil stuff. <laughs> devil stuff or dude lovers. For, yeah. Yeah, fornicate. It would just be labeled as fornication and... Mm-hmm. Be done with it. Sodomite. Yes, yeah, sod me. There you go. That's the fancy old school word for yes. it. Yeah. So, uh, you know what wasn't cool? Because, you know, two guys having some butt loving is okay. But, like, you know, it wasn't cool. But, you know. Thanks, Travis. Yeah, right. You know, it wasn't you cool. Come, you come here for your gay rights talk. Yeah, right. Rose Mortem, <laughs> the most. Uh, I'm not even going to finish that. <laughs> you know what wasn't cool as opposed to gay butt sex, which is all right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> King's King's political influence over Buchanan. Now, King was a senator from Alabama. You remember, this is pre-war, pre-Civil War. Mm-hmm. So King was very pro-slavery in his attitude. Now, his pro-slavery attitude rubbed off on Buchanan, who was a northern politician. Um, so even before the Civil War, many of the northern states had already abolished slavery, including Pennsylvania. And James was a representative of Lancaster, which meant he was supposed to represent his constituents and vote pro-abolition or abolition. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this was not the case. James actually... Uh, sorry. James was actually banned nice. from his Lancaster church for being pro-slavery and also for not living a Christian lifestyle, a.k.a. butt stuff. Oh. Oh. <laughs> hmm. So now there was a term for northern politicians who sympathized with the the South and its slavery, and that term was called doe-faced. 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 I love it. Yeah. This meant a weak, timid man that could easily be shaped and molded uh, by strong-willed Southerners. They would often visit plantations and be enticed by the luxurious lifestyle of a slave owner. So Buchanan's going down to like South Carolina, being like, "Ooh, you can get iced tea here. Oh, look great! Ooh, I love iced tea. Dough, dough my face. Dough me." I'm just imagining like Colonel Sanders trying to like spoil him. He's like, "Yes, double breaded chicken." Well, he's mm. already living amongst the Amish. They already make damn good chicken. Yeah, as I said before. I but then he goes, yeah, yeah. "Actually, none of you have fact checked me at all." Well, all right, but then he goes... But I'm not lying. I like how much you sunk your teeth into what I said. Well, I'm just saying, then he went down south. They're like, check this out. You brought chicken? You brought chickens in your pockets? Uh, John the Sixth? We have a waffle. Just put that shit on it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Where was the first Waffle House, by the way? I'm going to probably say Georgia, but you need to fact check me about that. I can't wait to go to Waffle House. I'm going on a road trip soon, me and Gabby, and we're going to be driving around. And I am looking forward to stop... I'm going to stop at every Waffle House. Everyone, everyone, it's gonna take you a while to get. I'm pretty much I'm six days with Waffle House. <laughs> now, the whole strong centralized government focused Federalist Party that I talked about, that James is part of, slowly began to fade over time. And his politics, in particular, started to switch from that centralized government to individual states' freedoms. Now, Buchanan ran as a Republican Federalist. He's going to change again, but that was just a part of his journey. Of course. Now, Buchanan became an avid supporter of Andrew Jackson. Cody, you uh, roasted him a while back. Yeah. 
That was uh, another bad president we had. He was a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big dick. This is our third president now, right? Yeah, we did Jackson, Bush. Jackson. And now Buchanan. Buchanan. So Buchanan actually switched his party once again to a Democrat. Yeah, so he was a Federalist, a Republican Federalist. Now he's a Democrat. Uh-huh. Now Democrats at, Democrats at the time were usually Southern, pro-slavery, all about states' rights, small central government. Uh, but here, James Buchanan from Pennsylvania is drumming up support for Andrew Jackson, which is not really kind of fitting the tune of the rest of the North. This old school politics shit doesn't make any sense to me, as does this new school politics <laughs> shit. So Buchanan retired from politics for a short period, which basically just devoted his time to Jackson. And he was really hoping that Jackson would make him his VP. But Jackson was like, nah, I'm going to go with Polk, Big Daddy Polk. Oh, I love Polk. He's so cool. Oh, yeah. The coolest guy didn't do anything. <laughs> now, Jackson actually really disliked and distrusted, distrusted Buchanan. Uh, he used to call Buchanan Miss James Buchanan. Great. <laughs> oh, uh, that's clever. And yeah. now, and now he wanted Buchanan out of the political sphere, sphere altogether. So he gave Buchanan an ambassadorship to Russia. <laughs> and when asked later why he chose to send Buchanan to Russia, he said, "If I could have sent him further away, I would have." <laughs> oh yeah. I just think he couldn't name a farther away country. Yeah, all. exactly. Oh. We didn't no relations with the the East yet. Nothing in Japan. Yeah, no, nah, Russia's good. <laughs> yeah. Buchanan re- reluctantly accepted this ambassadorship, and he he had never been abroad. He was like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to go to Russia. He was only abroad when uh, Jackson was like, Miss James Buchanan. You see what <laughs> I've done there? Ah, study abroad. Wow. Oh, I studied abroad. Oh, it's once. so much fun. I love studying broads. <laughs> so Buchanan didn't know a lick of Russian, uh, but he did know one way to get through to his Russian hosts, and that was party vodka. Oh. So, so James James spent lavish spent taxpayer dollars on lavish parties for the Russian nobility, complete with a French chef. And uh, suffice to say, when he had the Ruskies liquored up, uh, he actually was able to break some ice between Russia and America, which had a little bit of tariff war going on. Kind of like today, today or is that no? It's what? China. What I don't know, dude. I don't know. That's politics. Returning from Russia, he becomes a senator. And then eventually becomes a the Secretary of State under Polk's presidency. Then when Alexa- when uh, when Zachary Taylor, a Whig, took the presidency in 1848, James went back to Lancaster and chilled at his estate called the Wheatland a little bit. The wheat Wheatland. Wheatland. Okay, that's boring. Yeah. What's well, What's here? Wheat. Bread. Stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Some land. You can import wheat. You don't need to be where the wheat is. It's easier if it's right in the backyard. You make bread for free. Yeah, but you can get the wheat and bring it to where the meat is to make hamburgers. <laughs> so I actually had a chance to visit Wheatland because uh, back in September, my cousin got married in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, hey. so shout out to I uh, this great tour. Shout out to the Wheatland. Uh, what are those things called? What are those fancy word for someone that's a tour guide? Dosen. Shout out to the Dosens. Oh yeah, uh, I actually Never did heard that word. I actually did learn a few interesting interesting things about Buchanan that I didn't know prior. Was that he loved to drink? He was a big old drunk. Most of them were. 
Yeah, but he was around the Wheatland, all of the furniture. Well, first of all, he would go through a barrel of whiskey a week. How much is a barrel? A big. A small barrel? Like the, the oh, like a big. big oak barrel. He would go through that personally. I mean, he probably had parties, too. But Okay, well, like, if he had parties, that's fine. But but on top of that, he had special furniture that he could hide drinks in. It's like his Why? chair would pop open, and there'd be like a little Why would slot. he have to hide it? I don't know. Would he have to, like, hold huh. the chair up and tip it down his throat? <laughs> was he the guy who invented the globes that you keep gin in? Those are the coolest. They, if he was, we wouldn't be roasting him. Oh, dude, I was actually looking online for one of those. Yeah? Because I love the world, and I love gin. <laughs> really hard to find. Yeah, and the good ones are really expensive. Yeah, you the good ones were in, like, ones 600, with... 700 bucks yeah. for, like, a, a beaten up, uh, at least a nice structural piece of equipment that i can read the earth on is 600 bucks and the ice leaks out the bottom so imagine if it was that but it was just a chair that had no earth on it all right that's what he was doing what a waste of time uh also i learned another thing that the docent uh i i noticed there was a bird cage in his living room okay and i was like did he have any pet kingsland kingsland what's his name i was making a bird cage joke but never mind i don't know I was so, starting to get that, Tom. I was starting to get that. Yeah, you saw where I was going. I was trying something, but yeah, it didn't yeah. work, and it's getting cut. Okay, so he had a... He, I was like, does he have any pets? I mean, obviously he did, because he had a birdcage. But I asked the question. Maybe he had a dog, a woof, woof, or no. He didn't have any pets. He had he had one pet. He had a parakeet named Dick. Yeah, and, okay. And so, apparently, the docent explained that uh, in a journal entry that they found uh, on the grounds from Buchanan... Said one day he was working on his papers at his desk, and a hawk swooped in to the window and ripped Dick out of the cage <laughs> and ate Dick right in front of him. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and like great. I laughed a little bit, and she didn't like understand what was funny. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, yeah. hawk ate Dick. She's <laughs> <laughs> so like, no, his name was Dick. Well, the hawk ate little Dick. <laughs> Oh, God, that's so funny. Everything's about, I mean, good times were had in that office. So while women kept throwing themselves at Buchanan, he he mainly kind of just came off as like a fag hag. He was like a spreading gossip little giggly little girl. Okay. Can we say fag hag? Is that offensive? I don't know. I'll bleep it out on the podcast. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Yeah, we'll find out. Yep. Well, I hope you're not offended. I mean that as a uh, kind gesture to people that are fag He means that as a bigoted, racist <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't think of another word to describe that. Gossip boy? No, fag-hag is legit a, a great term for describing someone. Yeah. The only There was only one woman that filled the role of wife for Buchanan. Uh, and, her, ca- and her name was Derek. <laughs> it wasn't Derek. <laughs> <laughs> but she actually took a lot of the attention away from the fact that he had some homosexual tendencies. And that was his niece, Harriet Lane. Now, before you're like, okay, creepy uncle boy. <laughs> Sounds it. Yeah. It does sound creepy uncle boy. You're winding him up. I know, right? Mm-hmm. But this is more of a like father figure type of role because Harriet had lived with Buchanan since she was 11, 11 when both of her families, or both of her parents died and she lived at the wetland so it was more like a daughter great but she was like very charismatic and everyone like loved what harry was doing um the two of them would go to political events when he wasn't going with uh mr king okay um 
And Harry was like beautiful, with you know, again, like the, the center of attention at these things. She was educated, a great conversationalist. And both Buchanan and Harry kind of worked as like a power couple. Like they knew how to work the room. You know what I mean? Kind of hmm. like a Leon the Professional thing. Yeah, kind of. Except that was more creepy. Well, I'm creepy. <laughs> Uh, and also, the two of them would host a lot of parties at the at the, the Wheatland. Uh, James, like I said, could drink, and there was another thing that um, mentioned that he could, he would polish off three bottles of wine, on, like during a party himself. Great, and then also do shots of rye on top of that. So I, you know, when I See, said he went through a know, barrel, this and the unlit cigar just makes me want to kiss this dude. <laughs> and I'm not gay, but. Maybe I will be for a minute if he comes back. You know what I'm saying? Just what does that taste like? Three bottles of wine, some rye, and a cigar you've been chewing on for seven years? <laughs> Amazing. All right, so uh, James Buchanan's playing this little pretend farmer on his wheat land, but quietly he's campaigning for the Democratic nomination of 1852. Mm. Now this little doe-faced Buchanan... You know, he's he's pretty prepared for this Democratic National Convention. You know, obviously he had a lot of support from the Southern racist Democrats. His uh, spineless Buchanan supported slavery. But ultimately he lost to Franklin Pierce, who was a president, if you didn't uh, know. Yeah, I, uh, thank you for <laughs> reminding me of that guy. What what dollar bill is he on again? Uh, the half cent. Oh, hay pennies. Yeah, hay penny. But guess who uh, Franklin Pierce's VP was? Abraham Lincoln. No, William uh, Rufus King. Oh, Buchanan's little butt oh. boy. Oh. oh. So King gives Buchanan another ambassadorship, but this time it's more important. It's not fucking Russia. It's to the UK. Oh, we actually uh, we had some ties there at the time. Yeah, no, this was... That's better. This was like during Queen Victoria. We... Had the little tussle in 1812, but we like kind of got over it real quick. Oh, okay. So <laughs> tussle, I like that. Yeah, they only burnt our capital to the ground. But. So yeah, only yeah, only. I'm imagining the uh, Chris Farley esque Buchanan getting off the boat and going like, "Jolly old day, everyone! <laughs> Thanks for having me. Now let's have a spot of tea." <laughs> and that's exactly how it went. Buchanan though still had his uh, his mind. You know, he's still gunning for presidency. So he's over in the UK. He's like, I got to, like, put out some press while I'm here. You know, he met the Queen, uh-huh. Queen Victoria, and apparently Harriet Lane, very imp- much impressed the royalty. They loved her because she was charismatic. Classy lady, very well educated. Mm-hmm. But while he was doing his whole ambassadorship, Buchanan made his pro-slavery ideas very clear. He supported the fugitive slave law. Um and blasted any anti-slave movements that happened in the North, all while supporting Southern U.S. expansion into Mexico to basically to acquire new slave states. If you remember the William Walker episode where he was trying to make new Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, another slave state to add to the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta do what your heart tells you. Yeah. So he's all like, <laughs> he's all yeah. like, let's make slaves. Make slaves great again. Is that his role? I guess. Oh, no. I mean, I can't speak for the the fat little hairless boy, but (laughs) seems to be where he's coming from. So tensions were growing between the North and the South. I mean, you know, we're not that far away from the Civil War that happened in 1861. Mm -hmm. 
And Buchanan kind of seemed like the perfect candidate for the Dems. Because he was a northerner that supported slavery, and they thought, hey, this is a great way to like bridge the gap between you know the South and the North. That's what I was trying to tell all the Republicans when Mitt Romney was running. <laughs> Make him black. Paint him. <laughs> Put him in blackface. Little blackface. Yeah. Yeah. Put him blackface in blackface never hurt anyone. Uh. No, no one will know what to think. They'll be like, that's our guy. So Buchanan comes back from the UK, and he's nominated for the Democratic Party in the 1857 presidential race. And he actually ran against two other parties. So it was a three-party race. Great. Uh, It was him, and then Millard Fillmore, who ran for the American Party, which is also known as the Know-Nothings. Okay. And then John C. Fremont, who ran for the Republican Party, uh, which is, again, northern Mm -hmm. people. Uh, And Buchanan won with with, uh, 43% of the votes, and he became our 15th president. Of the not-so-United States. Oh, I see what you're doing there. It's a, it's a form of foreshadowing, Yeah, but also we know it happened already. Yeah, Because everyone right. knows about the Civil War. You like my writing, right? I'm like a little Walt Whippy. You're Walt Whitman with less child abuse. So, Buchanan was an old-ass dude when he was elected president. He was 65 years old. And actually, he's the fourth oldest president to take office. Really? Do you want me to name the top five oldest Boys? Uh, sure. Do it. Whatever. <laughs> Number one, mm-hmm. Don Trump. He is old. He's, he's old. got experience. That's he why. Is, he is the oldest president He to take office. He was He's 70, or he was 70 when he took office. Wow. It's the 45th president. Great. Number two, Ronald Reagan. Old. He is 69. Wow. He was 69 years old, the 40th president. Wow. William H. Harrison. You never heard of him. No, well, I I no. have once, but I forgot. He was for he was sixty eight years old. Uh, he only served for thirty one days as president before he died of tuberculosis. Oh, very cool. Yeah, well, and, and he was our ninth president. We had James Buchanan, uh, sixty five years old, fifteenth president, and then number five, George H W Bush, sixty four years old, our forty first president. Wow. What what a what a wow. great set of people! Right, you think about those lists, that list there, and you're like, stop electing old fucks to office. No, look, the way I see it is that every time I'm out at a party where I don't know anyone, and they say something like, "Uh, if you could go to dinner with uh, one person who of, of in history, who would it be?" and I would say, "I got five people." <laughs> it's the oldest elected presidents. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, nice. and I'm paying. I'm taking those guys out. <laughs> Buchanan. Arby's. Yeah. Yeah. Arby's. Yeah. Arby's candlelit dinner. Ruby Tuesdays, uh, seniors night, free salad bar. Great. Early bird special. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Yeah. Buchanan was also the only president that was a lifelong bachelor. Never married. Huh. All right. Wonder why. The only other single president that we had when he entered office was Grover Cleveland, who married after a year of being president. So he cleaned up his image. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got, I got Murray. Oh, I got that one. So there's some weird little trivia. You can whip that out. And you impress your girlfriends. You can like impress it. your ladies. You take it out there. Guess what? Grover Cleveland, he's married. Yeah, uh, presidential marital status <laughs> is definitely a big one with the ladies. Yeah, right? I know. You can impress them. You wink at them. Yeah, it'll be immediately followed. I guarantee you this. Uh, it'll be immediately followed with a make love to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Please. Yes. 
So James packed his cabinet with full of Southerners and fellow Northern doe faces. Um, he made sure to not appoint anyone that disagreed with his point of view. And remember, this is 1857. The Civil War is only a few years off. And the Union is hanging on by fucking threads. So here Buchanan is playing into all this slavery bullshit. And, you know, the North is like, what, what, what are you doing? Why, why is there all these pro-slave people here? <laughs> um, now, let's be completely fucking clear about the Civil War. Okay, because a lot of people say that's about states' rights. If you say that, you are a fucking moron. Because the Civil War was not about states' rights. It was, well, it was about one state right, and that was slavery. Well, that's, that's yeah. what they sold to people. That's what they it, sold po- it, after the fact. They sold no, no. They sold it then, and they sold it now because you can even get people like the people who fought in the Civil War. Most of them weren't like uh, in, in the Confederate side. They weren't slave owners because slave owners had money and they didn't need to fight this shit. Do you understand? So you sold it to the people at the time. This is a states' right issue. In reality, it's industry for the wealthy. No, it was straight up slavery. That's what I mean. It yeah. is that, but the story, the people who say that it was about state rights, that has happened since day one of it, because that's how they were able to sell this shit. I mean, you're not gonna go. You're not gonna go to war. Yes for- and no, but some of those people that were fighting were also had the idea of that. Hey, if I may, if I do the right things, I could be like a slave owner. Well, that's you know true. what I mean. Well, like I'm that's. Not- that's what they were going on. That's that's one part of it, but it's more of a you can sell it easier to to poor people that they're fighting for the cause of state rights over slavery. And I'm not saying those people weren't extremely racist in other regards. All right, Tom. So I'm just gonna say you're a fucking moron because it's about slavery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't. I'm saying that was the selling point. The selling point of it being about states' rights. We hear about today, it was just as relevant back then. Yeah, and I'm just saying when you hear people say about states' rights nowadays, they're fucking dumb. And when back then, they were dumb, too. What I am saying is that they've all been dumb. I'm agreeing with you, and I'm letting you know that that's not a new ideology that people are standing behind. Okay. I got serious! You got very serious. Drink more beer. beer. Anyway, I'm going to keep drinking beer because... This shit was not about big government. It wasn't about little government. It was about fucking slaves. That's what it was about. Bingo. <laughs> Two days after Buchanan's inauguration, the Dred Scott decision was de- declared. Dred Scott. Now, yeah, it's not... Oh, what was that again? I forgot. Yeah, it's not like the cool Judge Dredd. It's... Dredd was a black slave whose owner had taken him from Missouri, which was a slave state, into Missouri territory. And because of the Missouri comp- Compromise... Uh, Missouri Territory was a free territory. So when Scott's owners brought him back to Missouri, Scott sued his owners, saying that because he was brought to a free territory, he was freed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. You bring him over to the free place, like, oh, okay, I guess I'm free now. Can't take me back. Get in the van. Well, the court said, essentially, that... uh, the Constitution was meant to include American citizens uh, that were not black, regardless whether they were enslaved or free. Therefore, the rights and privileges inferred upon American ci- citizens did not apply to them. So basically, Scott was property to the owner, regardless if he was in a free state or if he was 
in a slave state. So it didn't matter where he went wow. in the world, Scott was always going to be a slave to his owner. Right, because the, the owner was based out of a place where it was legal. Yeah. So Buchanan supported this decision of the court. court because, you know, great guy. Yeah, real nice man. Uh, he had actually hoped that it would be a decisive call and the issue of slavery would be put to bed and the country could focus on annexing Cuba and Mexican territory. But he was completely wrong because the northerners were like, this is so fucked. You don't see how fucked this is? <laughs> yeah. And Yeah, bro. And even more so, he's like, you're the president. You're also a fellow northerner. Like, why are you supporting this shit? You know? Yeah, I hear you. So that's the second day of his presidency. Cool. That happens. Wow. Yeah, so we know where this is going. <laughs> All right. And the same the same year, 1857, the economy took another hit. Uh, it was the panic of 1857. And this mainly affected the northern states. But the southern states, because they had this whole like slave industry going on, they were okay. I don't really know anything about that. Can you give me a sentence? About of information just, of just about one. the panic. Oh, about the panic? Yeah. It was just another one of those situations where like land was being foreclosed, but because, you know, the South was the South and their kind of own industry going on. It's almost like nowadays where if like the country really went to shit, uh California would probably be okay. Because they're like the biggest economy in the world. Right, right. Okay. You know, that kind of situation. Alright, I understand. Um, I don't know the exact reasons why the economy tanked, but no, but basically banks were foreclosing on properties, right? And so, like two thousand eight, but worse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the South was doing okay. So Buchanan did not provide any relief to the Northerners. He basically took the hands off approach to government. He's like, oh well, you know, states' rights, and uh, I'm not going to do anything. Hmm. And again, uh, you know, the South saw, you know, the Northerners saw this favoritism to the South. And because of this economic hit, while Buchanan claimed that he was going to balance the federal deficit, which was, you know, kind of not that good, uh, <laughs> when he left office, the deficit went to $17 million in the hole. Oh, so Which, was... back in 1850s, that's $17 million is a lot of money. Yeah, you gotta spend money to make money, man. So... Now, if you remember the whole Walker episode nice. that I brought up before, um, I was talking about how Western and Southern expansion was very political at the time because a new state meant that it would add representatives to either the pro-slavery or abolitionist group, depending on if the state was free or or slave. Right. Right? So you add a new state. Oh, yeah, it's, it's free. The, that means well, another... you want to make sure they're on your team. Yeah, exactly. Well, in 1854, during Pierce's administration, Congress had passed the Canada, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which basically said that settlers in those territories could choose whether to have slaves or not. So violence Ugh. had broken out in those areas because... That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. Like I just said before, it's not like everyone in the South had slaves. Right. You know? Like, yeah. So you can choose to do it's just legal. Right. You could choose or not to do it or to not do it. That means you can do it. Yeah, exactly. That it's is not a law. That is really it's really, really dull. Yeah. yeah. So like basically in that area you could be like, Oh, I want slaves or I don't want slaves. So there there was two factions that broke out. There was uh I guess a town called Lecompton, 
Which was <laughs> straight out of LeCompton. Yeah, straight out of LeCompton. We have nice. this. Which was the pro slaver area. And then there was uh, Topeka, which was pro free. Fuck. Um, and a crisis broke out called the Bleeding Kansas, uh, where these. It was kind of like a foreshadowing of the Civil War. Topeka and LeCompton were like going head to head, killing each other. Because that one believed in freedom and the other one was like, nah. Which one was the bad guy? Topanga? <laughs> Com- nah. Ironically, LeCompton had Le- slaves. LeCompton had slaves. Yeah. Oh, wow. So Topanga from Boy Meets World was not having it. No. She was like, uh-uh. Yep. uh-uh. Man. She was so cute back in the day. She was. She really was. Such a crush on her. I didn't even like the show. No. That was a bad show. I always dreamt about Mary Kate and Ashley Orgy when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, have you seen them recently? Mm-mm. Very scary yeah. looking. They look like, they Are look, they scary? They're like aliens. Yeah, they look like puppets from Dark Crystal. Oh. They got like that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they got the big eyes and the, the, the small nose from Surgerous. Oh. Uh, yeah, it looks like <laughs> you can stick your, your whole hand into their anus and talk for them. <laughs> All right, so we've got the two factions, the Mary Kate and Ashley. Mm-hmm. Mary Kate is racist. Uh-huh. Ashley is... No, go back to LeCompton <laughs> okay. and Topanga. Okay, so we got LeCompton and... Uh, how do you... I forgot even how to say that. The the what the, the real, real word. Yeah, I know, because I'm Topeka. saying Topanga. Topeka. Topeka. Topeka, ha. Topeka. Okay, so Topeka and LeCompton. And so in order for Kansas to officially become a state of the union, it needed to m- submit a state constitution to Congress and the president that needed to be approved. Okay. So during Pierce's am- administration... The Bleeding Kansas battles were going out, and um, the two constitu- uh, two constitutions were being floated around. There was the Topeka Free Constitution and the Lecompton Slave Constitution. Now, when Buchanan took power, because this was all still going on, they were fighting all mm-hmm. during Pierce. And then Buchanan steps in, and he goes, Oh, I really like the Lecompton one, because they're slaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like dough. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of what all the other southern boys like. Is there something on my face? <laughs> like, not here. What is that? Not here, but like, right? It looks like here. It looks like an uncooked pizza. Yeah. <laughs> huh. That's weird. You should see a doctor. <laughs> I, I am a doctor now. So he's pushing around. Buchanan's pushing around the LeCompton Constitution in Congress. And frankly, uh, Buchanan really didn't care whether or not the sl- state was slave or not. He just wanted more Democrat supporters. Yeah. So if he if it became slave, that would be like, oh, more Dems for me. Great. You know. Um, and even though he had pushed the Constitution for LeCompton, the abolitionists won, and Kansas became a free state in. 1861, which is an interesting date because that's the start of the Civil War as well. Mm. And Kansas is actually Ooh. known as the Free State, I believe. That's their motto. The Free. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Uh. Now, uh, Buchanan was openly partisan. He often came off as aloof, kind of, but he was always trying to you know, please the right person. He was handing out patronage. patronage what was he, he handing went. out? Little hand hand jays. All right, patronage. Patronage. Hand yeah, jays. Just a little pa- little page job. <laughs> page job. So this ultimately led to a bunch of northern Republicans to organize the Cavode Committee, which uh, because the hell is that? 
it was a committee that was formed in Congress, and they were sure that Buchanan and his administration had been extorting and using bribery in favor of the slave states. So basically, kind of like what was going on in our country right now. Um, I I wouldn't go <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say anything about uh, there, President Trump like that. There's a com- there was a committee that was formed. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, drink your liquors. So uh, while this committee fell short of impeachment, it did find that the administration and Buchanan personally were handing out bribes to congressmen and people of interest. Buchanan was handing out money to congressmen specifically to push this. LeCompton Constitution in Congress. She's like, oh, you know what? There's a place called Kansas. You would love it. And as you could get slaves there, take this 20. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kansas? Kansas. Okay, so now is he, like, subsidizing people to go there? And No, he's in Congress. And remember they had to vote for the Constitution? Right, yeah. Whether it was the LeCompton or the Topeka. Oh, okay, so he's... he's- so he's handing out 20s to people that are like... Willing vote to vote okay, for the LeCompton you. Constitution. Gotcha. So they weren't able to impeach him. But, you know, whatever. He's just doing bad things. All right, so now, while Buchanan's just bumbling away through his presidency, the real star of the show is Harriet Lane. She was 26 years old uh, when she entered the White House, because she came with him. Mm-hmm. And she was actually the first woman to be called First Lady. Even though she wasn't a wife, it was, she was the first person to be. She had her tits were that big. <laughs> wow! First lady. Oh, <laughs> wow! Amazing, really. Yeah. So yeah, you don't need to be um, the person's wife or husband to be first lady or first man. Yeah. So anyway, everyone watched her uh, with their mouth agape. She would send. She would set fashion trends. Uh huh. Um, mm. And she actually kept the whole relationship between the UK and the US warm, which I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of like, she'd host events at the White House, and everyone was like, oh, Buchanan's fucking up, but Harry Lane. Uh, You seen her? She's great. Seen her around? Wow. (laughs) You see those cops in action? So Buchanan actually, surprisingly, when he swore into office on his inauguration, he promised that he would only serve one term. I don't know why. What? I think it was because he was old. He's like, I'm only going to serve one term, and I'm out. Did he actually do that? Uh, yes, he did. Okay. He only served one term. Wow. Trustworthy guy. Oh, wow. Trustworthy man. Yeah, he did not try to go for a second term. Wow. So when campaign... So what, he just willingly he just willingly resigned, like, after one? Well, he, yeah, he willingly resigned, and the Democrats held a separate... Huh. The Democrats held a separate convention to find their own... Like a new party member. Yeah. And he wow. was like, I'm done. Freaking weird. I know, it's kind of weird, That's right? so weird, dude. So when the campaigning kicked off in 1861 for presidency, James just kicked back and was like, whatever, I'm just going to feed this southern rage right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is this is 1860. The war's going to start next southern, year. <laughs> southern discomfort. So mm. the Democratic Convention nominated a guy named Stephen Douglas who Buchanan absolutely hated. This guy was like a political rival all throughout his career. Stephen Douglas probably works at one of Mitt Romney's staples. <laughs> probably. It sounds like yeah. a very staples-worthy man. 
the Democratic convention, they nominate the Stephen Douglas guy, uh, who was another Northern Democrat like Buchanan. He was a doe face. Uh, hmm. But unlike Buchanan, he wasn't so wish-washy about new states becoming Southern okay. or becoming slave states. Mm-hmm. So he was like, this is the law. We you know stick to it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Southerners were like, we don't want that. So they separately nominated Buchanan's uh, pro-slavery VP, John C. Breckinridge. Hey. Um, now, of course, Buchanan supported his sleazy VP uh, in the race. Like, he wasn't running, but he was like, oh, my vice president, he is... Uh, well, you still want your party in. Well, no, these they're from the same party. Oh, oh this okay. Is, so uh, this is two Democrats. Oh, so they're The fight. convention v- voted in Stephen Douglas. Uh-huh. And then the Southerners were like, I don't like this guy because he's not going to be oh, pro-slavery. Okay, oh, okay. So let's separately run the VP. I understand now. Yeah. And then Buchanan's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, my VP likes slaves. Mm. And so, so it's a two Democrats and then the other person... Republican Abraham Lincoln. I love him. Mm-hmm. We we will roast Abraham Lincoln. We will. He has enough to roast. Him oh, there. wow. Okay. Well, look, I don't know if it's going to be so much of a roast of Abraham Lincoln as it is a sexual exploration of Abraham Lincoln and his yeah. and his log cabin. <laughs> Lincoln log. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln's presidency was simply, if he became president, that would be simply unacceptable for the southern states. General Wilson Scott told Buchanan, while he was still in office, that at least seven southern states would secede the Union if Lincoln was elected. And he recommended that Buchanan move troops and artillery to the borders, just in case that happened. Mm. Buchanan didn't do anything. He was like, I don't even... He didn't even like this Wilson guy, because, again, Buchanan was really catty, and he was like, oh, this guy was like didn't vote for something that I wanted once. Right. I don't, I'm not going to do anything. Uh, who wants Panda Express? <laughs> I can go from some Panda Express right now. Yeah. So as we all know, Lincoln won. And all of Is the... that how history went? Yeah. History went that Are way. Are you sure? Amazing. Lincoln won. And uh, so all the South was yelling about secession. And Buchanan was forced to address Congress. And while Buchanan legally... or While Buchanan denied legal rights of states to secede, he held the federal government legally... So while Buchanan denied the state's rights to secede from the Union, Mm -hmm. he also said the federal government could not stop them. Okay. So he's like, you can't secede, but the federal government can't stop you from seceding. On top of all that, he said... He mentioned stuff about how the reason why the South was seceding was because the northern abolitionists were being too much of dicks. Uh, and I was like, oh, if you didn't push them so hard, they wouldn't have left. So, yeah, he's got no balls on him. Yeah. I like the term too much of dicks. Yeah, too much of dicks. So this was a real shitty, unpresidential way to respond to, like, most of your country trying to break away from the country. I'd say so. <laughs> so Buchanan's uh, secretary or treasury secretary actually resigned the next day saying, fuck this dude. And hey. on December 20th, again, remember the inauguration happens in January. So on December 20th, 1861, or 1860, I guess, um, 
South Carolina is the first state to secede. Now, Buchanan travels to Fort Sumner and pleads with the separatists. He promised them that, yo, if you stay, I'll make an amendment that will protect slavery. Oh. Yo, you and, will have it. And we'll have pizza parties. <laughs> yeah. Dude, just hang out a little bit more. I promise I'll get you that money. Just sit down. Yeah. Buchanan just really didn't want to be the president that was uh, responsible for the union breaking apart. Yeah, you know, well, he just promised whatever he could. So he was the guy who didn't want to be responsible for the thing that he was responsible for. Exactly. Great. Uh, North Carolina wasn't having any of it. Uh, and then Buchanan's Secretary of War, John B. Floyd, who was a proud Southern racist, resigned from the Buchanan camp. And when he did, he funneled thousands of guns and equipment to South Carolina. So he's like, yo, let me just give you all these guns. I quit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, let me just. That's like borderline treason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is treason. Not breaking the. Not not borderline. Not if you quit. (laughs) So six other slave states secede. And by January, as Buchanan, the doe face idiot, pleaded with them. Uh, the Confederate president, James Davis, uh, declares the Confederacy is a thing, right? <laughs> we exist. <laughs> we Take exist. Take us seriously. We've decided to do it. Yeah. So now the North, right before he's about to leave, the North is is calling for Buchanan to take action against these states that broke away. But he's, you know, these are repercussions. You know, he, they want repercussions. These are traitors to the Union. Again, Buchanan doesn't do anything. He's like, I don't want to. I don't want to be the one that's responsible for the first shots, and I'm gonna leave anyway. And the, like in a true lame duck fashion, he just fucking waits it out until he's sworn out of office, and then Lincoln takes in to fucking deal with the mess that he created. Awesome, dude. <laughs> well, so that's the he's that's the end of his presidency. And what is he doing? He's now at Sandals Resort, just watching Lincoln hash all this shit out at Waffle House? I mean, pretty much. We're, uh, there's not much to say after this, but uh, the Civil War begins two months after Buchanan's retirement. He sides with the Union. After all this shit, he's like, oh, yeah, well, the Union is the U.S. Yeah, because he knew he was going to fuck up, because the South was going to lose that one. Yeah. You could see it from a mile away. Yeah, so he he actually si- uh, he returns back to his Lancaster estate, the Wheatland, and people start sending him letters calling him a traitor, pictures of him hanging from a noose. The the uh, the Senate actually called a hearing to decide whether or not he co- he colluded with the Confederacy. There is no collusion. No collusion. None at all. No collusion. You see a lot of trends between the worst president and the, the current, best president. The ever. current president. Yeah, no, I understand. President. I mean, you know, the thing is, when you're so good, sometimes, people sometimes gonna, you look like the worst president. Yeah, when you're so good, when you got it, when you got it all figured out, when you're just a natural, because not everyone needs experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just get in there. Yeah. And you do it. Well, you know what I'm just saying. There's a lot of parallels that I didn't even notice until right now. I'm not. I didn't write this in the script. I'm like, huh? That sounds like someone. So Buchanan I'm cutting takes, all that out. Bu- no, we're not. We're keeping that shit in. All Buchanan right. takes it for a while, uh, but then he starts to write his defense, and he said that he was always patriotic to the Union cause, and that was pretty much the rest of his days, just writing about like defending his legacy. 
This guy loves changing parties, flip-flopping, and, like, switching his, like, general, like, mission statement, it seems. Yeah. Doe-faced, right? He's a doe-faced. All right, so ask me a thing. Uh, all right, so how did Chris Farley die? <laughs> well, he died oh, cho- we know that. He died choking on his own vomit, similar to me maybe five years ago when I almost did that. Well, you laid on your stomach because you're a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, I did. Chris Farley was funny. You're not funny. You're smart. <laughs> uh, I've also you're, broke- pretty, you're pretty funny. I've also broken a table wearing a small coat. That's true. <laughs> no, I, I gotta say, you're 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 a funny guy. Oh, thanks. So. Sorry for lying to your face like that. So, at the age of seventy-seven, in 1868, Buchanan caught a cold. Ooh. Oh. oh. And a month later, he died of respiratory failure. <laughs> There's nothing impressive wow. here. Just, just, he just died, died of respiratory failure. Yeah. And that's James Buchanan, our worst president ever. Easily. Wow. I mean, depend- it doesn't matter how you feel about current politics. This guy was responsible for literally making the country break into two. Wow. Oh, don't close it. Cody's on there. Oh, no. Cody, can you still hear us? Yeah, what just happened? Oh, nothing. The, uh, Travis I closed sh- the computer. <laughs> yeah, cla- Travis shut the silly. I was just used to doing that. That's okay. Well, thanks for bringing in James the Buke Cannon. <laughs> uh, nice. Dude, check out my cannon, bro. Travis, uh, I got to apologize once for you because the more I visualize him, the less he's like you. Oh, thanks, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a doughboy. You're not a dough man. No, 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 you're not. I've known you for many years. You're not a dough boy, dude. I think you it, might be a bit of a dough goat. No, no, you can't call me anything related to dough because you have not seen my macarena. It is fire. I've seen your macarena. I've and, known well, you for you've 20 seen, years. Yeah, you've seen my macarena, so I can't be dough. I'm always bread because it's so hot. I did macarena. That's true. Yes, <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah. So we got Travis the bread on macarena. <laughs> And uh, no, that was that was fun uh, to learn about a president. Yeah, I will yeah, probably yeah, yeah. I this will probably be the episode I will in the moment retain the least of because <laughs> this president sucks so bad and he's so useless that I'm giddy with forgetfulness. Yeah, well, yeah. a lot of people don't know about him because they're so giddy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was very uh, laissez-faire in all of his decisions. What was his name? Butt Cannon? <laughs> yeah, Butt Cannon. Butt Cannon. <laughs> James Butt Cannon. That's Butt Cannon. That's Butt Cannon. He died in 1868. I know we don't usually do this, but because I want to forget about him, how about we do this? We'll work our way backwards into the episode. Uh, Cody, how was your week? <laughs> uh, it was good. I uh, grew a papaya, ate it. It was tasty. Awesome. That was about it. Travis, how was your week? Uh... Sick. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, my week was also sick. So thank you for tuning into the Roast Mortem Podcast. <laughs> our coverage of yeah, 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 yeah. James Buchanan, the bullshit president. And uh, you, you can find us collectively at Roast Mortem, Roast Mortem Cast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you could check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Roast Mortem Cast. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at... Yes. Uh, on Twitter at Saunched, S-A-U-N-T-C-H-T. You can follow me at Travis Legion on Instagram and Twitter, and I am the 50th president of Amersh. Wow. I will vote for you. 50. I was lying You before. would vote for me? Yeah, I would. I would just, uh, I'm just uh, being yeah, a yeah, dick, I'd vote man. For you too. I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. 
I'd be Hell the first yeah. president with like dick pics out there. <laughs> no, Trump has to have dick pics. Dude, come on. You know he scrubbed that Trump, shit. Trump has, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Cody, where can we find you? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm glad I'm chasing uh, the idea of Trump dick pics out of your mind. I am Cody McCann, at Cody McCann on Twitter. C-O-D-Y-M-C-C-A-N-N. And also, not that it like matters because this guy sucks, but... Um, Ray, where can we check out your acoustic material online? Yeah. Oh, you know, just uh, Ray McHale Acoustic on Instagram and YouTube. Dude, you Ooh, should listen to it. He does some... His his fingers, they can move. They speak louder than him. I'm just going to say that his, his fingers we, move we, we, particularly. We promise, you, we promise you, you can hear his acoustic set better than you can hear his mic pickup. Maybe yep. you should just end with a Ray McGill song. I'm doing it right doing now. It. Hell yeah. Oh, this is a great song. Oh, like Ray, this. did you write this? Yes. <laughs> Peace. Hold me now. I'm six feet from the edge and I'm Raymond. Mm-hmm.